I find that when I say the intro, I'm very like, Word podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to hype yourself up. need to be more like, Word podcast episode 108. Go. Was that the one? That's it. That's it? We'll go with that. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we, are, are we going now? <laughs> are we, uh, On five. Okay. One, two. War podcast episode 100 and go. <laughs> right. Go, go, right. go, right. go, 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 go. Everybody go. just do it on three. Right. Three, two. <laughs> War podcast. <laughs> Let's go. All right, so I'm just going to take all those takes. I'm going to layer them over one another. <laughs> it's going to sound great. I'm Dylan Alvento, and I'm joined by Will Blanton. Hey. Back at it again. Woo! Co-founder of Hyperreal. Yeah. Co-founder of RVA Game Jams. You get a, there's a theme here. Uh, Somebody needs to hold my hand in every venture I take. <laughs> I just know they said, you know, investors look look more positively on multiple founders. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you're mm-hmm. you're you're good. Dude, you're where good. do I get that money? Uh, I'll tell you when I find out. Investors out there, I'll hold your hand. I don't care. <laughs> just do anything, man. <laughs> Small business agency. Let's go. I'll sign off on that million dollar loan. <laughs> and also joining us, Ruthie Edwards, member of RVA Game Jams and Masters candidate. Yeah, at VCU the, Brand whoa. Center. <laughs> yeah, I am on my way to becoming a master. More like master shoe in. Yeah, no kidding. You should just find, see if you can find a beret now and just wear it every day until graduation. Oh well, I'm actually becoming a Pokemon master. Oh yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, there we go. Do my master's degree in. I don't know that that sounds Pokemon. tough. <laughs> God, can, you imagine, <laughs> can you imagine what the d- diploma looks like? Oh, it's probably all the badges on the trim and everything. Yeah, you have to get all the badges. Well, you have to get all of them to get a PhD. <laughs> well, now, when you say all of them, do you mean all eight? Like, are we only talking Canto? No, I'm talking, talking about all 32 or however many there are. God, now. how many are probably there Probably more now? than that. Can I say, as time has progressed, Will has absolutely no <laughs> stake in this conversation yeah. now. Uh, as time has progressed, the badge designs have gotten way worse. I need to collect badges, too? Yeah. First, you got to get me out there collecting all these dinosaurs, (laughs) and now I got to get all these badgers. (laughs) (laughs) All right, no joke. When I was really into Pokemon, and my dad would, like, drive me to the comic book shop to look at Pokemon cards and buy them, he would would call them pineapple men. (laughs) (laughs) I also like the, the kind of, like, eloquence to that. Pineapple men. Pineapple man. And pineapple apple pin. Have you seen that video? No. Oh, oh okay. Man, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> is, it pin, is it a badge? Is it Pokemon? Is it's a, it's a man wearing still? like gold pants and he goes, I have a pen. I, I have, have an pineapple. apple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> apple pen. By, that, by the end of it, he says, pin pineapple apple pen. And he's singing about that. I'm very that's confused. Yeah. Yeah. Very confused. That's all there is to it. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> well, back on the top of Pokemon. Because speaking of, <laughs> last weekend, I went to that Pokemon Symphony. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. One of my uh, classmates, uh, it sounds weird to say that, it makes me feel like a 
elementary schooler, but yeah, one of one of the other people at Branson and went to see one it. One of your fellow said, master candidates. Yes, my fellow Pokemon <laughs> masters in training. He um he said it it moved him to tears. He loved it so much. It was pretty good. I was I was getting there. So to start <laughs> off, so I didn't really I I was saying it last week that I wasn't I didn't want to go to video games live because I knew video games live would have some music I'd know and then some music I would not know at all. It'd be like uh, you know, Sephiroth's song or whatever, some Final Fantasy thing, and I just I'd be like, ah, I fucking know what this is. Yeah. But Pokemon, I would know all the Pokemon music, or at least most of it, um, unless they played a bunch of new stuff. Uh, but they didn't. They played like everything from Red to X and Y. Uh, so I guess mm, the symphony okay. it was everything, it was, not everything, but <laughs> select select parts. Um, but yeah, it was it was really cool. And so we 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 go in because it was at the the Altria Theater. I keep wanting to call it Landmark because that's what I've known it as. Yeah. But uh, and you sit down and you know and there are a decent amount of kids there. And at right. that point, like I, that didn't register to me until then. I thought I was just give you a bunch <laughs> of middle twenty somethings be like, all right, let's go let's go to the Pokemon thing. But no, it's a lot of kids and like there's their kids showing off their Pokemon cards to to one another and like. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But then they're like flashing like, look at this. It's like a hologram, like original series, like Aerodactyl or whatever. I'm like, where the fuck are these kids getting these things? These aren't in print anymore. But before the orchestra starts, they... So the best part about going to music events, I think, is the graphics that they use, like motion graphics. I love that shit. Mm -hmm. Like when it's really good, it's awesome. When it's really bad, it's like, this is really bad. (laughs) Uh, You know, embarrassingly, I admit I went to a train concert once. And their graphics that they use during their concert are not very good. <laughs> Surprise That's, there. Not surprised whatsoever. <laughs> right. So we go to this and I'm like really excited. I was like, oh man, I hope they just use just old video game footage. But what they did before the the orchestra starts is that they keep playing the who's that pokemon thing yeah that's what my friend said from the interstitial <laughs> and so the first one comes up and it's like who's that pokemon and it's like a silhouette of uh like blaziken and i'm like oh that's really cool and like before i can finish the sentence i just hear a bunch of kids show, it's blaziken i'm like <laughs> oh no <laughs> and then it did like five of those in a row it's like who's that but it's the trio i'm like oh no <laughs> i mean actually it wasn't that bad i was like i thought it was kind of cool but it was it was hilarious like how into it people were but yeah, so they so they do the whole concert and there's like and so they do this kind of like hero's journey kind of theme mm-hmm. because they start with the Pallet Town theme and then they move into like uh the battle music and then they move into the Team Rocket hideout theme and and they're playing the footage from like Red, Blue and Yellow. And it's hilarious because when they do the the Team Rocket hideout thing, it's him in the underground lair under Celadon City and he's hitting like the pads that make him move around. Mm. So it's this orchestra like really getting into it, and then it's just this sprite of red spinning around and <laughs> going going around this puzzle. Um, but yeah, it, it's it was it was really awesome, and yeah, just all the feels, yeah, all the nostalgia. It's I was really thinking about it uh, when he said it moved him to tears because yeah, this has been a part of our lives for twenty years now. Right. It's that it's yeah, it's nuts, and so plausibly like. You might have gotten into it as you were a kid and now you're starting to have kids and they're playing those games again and it's this intergenerational thing and it's really fun. And and I'm not and while the the dialogue in the Pokemon games and the 
might not be that great. Like the sense of tone and heroicism that that comes, and 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 now in the current games, it feels like they're kind of trying to find their proper place because they keep like blowing out the scale. Where now you're fighting Pokemon <laughs> that have control over space and time, and like you don't know, like it's like where do we yeah. go from here? But yeah, just just that that it synthesizes so much of the hero's journey and makes you such a part of it, and it's so cool. And like the best. One of the coolest parts that they did is that they played this one song that was just titled uh, Ellipses. So it was just three dots. And I was like, what, what is this? Because at, at this point, we were in the, the gold and silver crystal mm-hmm. phase of, of the night. And they play this song and it's kind of like swelling really epically and everything. You're like, what, what is this? And you're following gold or whatever the default name is for the hero in gold, silver. And he's walking into this cave. And this is after he's beaten the Elite Four and the Kanto gym trainers so he's like beating everyone Mm -hmm. he's gotten all 16 badges and he walks to this cave and in the cave is red the character from red and blue Mm -hmm. and he goes up and walks up to him and he talks to him and red doesn't say anything except for dot 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 and i was like oh shit i forgot this was like the final boss of gold and silver is that you fought yourself from red blue and yellow i don't even remember that yeah and he has like it level 83 pikachu and like all of his pokemon are like mm. like just ridiculously strong and i was like oh shit i completely forgot about this and this was the coolest part of the game <laughs> um yeah i genuinely don't remember that i mean again it's been it's been forever like 18 years since right. i played it or whatever and, and i went with wendy and wendy had like no she never played the pokemon game so she had like no idea she, she didn't have that connection to it and she really didn't understand like you know like the plotting and of some of the stuff like you know how giovanni's the final gym leader in in red and blue and then the team rocket story in gold and silver is about how team rocket has lost their boss and they're just trying to like find out where he went and there's that part where they take over a radio tower and they're just like yeah. clicking on the radio like um boss if you're out there could you come back <laughs> <laughs> and it's just this really cool thing like i think the first and second generation games are just do such a good job of kind of interweaving one another. And I feel like they kind of lost some of that as they moved along. But anyways, that was really cool. Pokemon's still good. I don't know if I could go and play a Pokemon (laughs) game right now. Like with a, did you play um, sun moon? No, the last one I played was alpha or Omega Ruby. I liked it. I got sun. It's my first Pokemon game since maybe Pearl or something like that. Yeah. Before that, it was silver. So it's been yeah. a long yeah, you, time. You kind of skip. Yeah, I didn't. A pattern there. Yeah, there was a lot of it that I didn't play because I felt like the games were all the same. Mm-hmm. And in a way, they are. Yeah. I mean, the the basic plot where you collect the badges and beat the Elite Four, that's the same, basically. I feel like they did a lot in Sun and Moon to move away from that from what I saw looking from the outside like how it's like there's no traditional gym leaders and you're going around these islands and stuff like they they changed a lot of the 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 framework yeah of that but structurally it's still kind of the same that you're going to different places and beating a boss Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so i mean in that way it felt the same to me but like just the you can customize your character now and right that was so cool to me because like my entire childhood forced to be playing male characters is like mm. <laughs> the bane of my existence. But uh, but I like that you could buy clothes for them. And there's all kinds of useless parts of the game where you can like feed berries to your Pokemon or they can go play on a jungle gym and just useless stuff. Mm-hmm. And I like all that stuff. I was going to say, I think that, that <laughs> stuff would appeal to me more than just like 
capturing animals and fighting other animals. Well, it sounds like you want to... Uh, Tom, Tom, Tamagotchi, Tamaduchi, Ducha. I want Sonic oh Adventure a, Chow Garden. A, 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 a Stanley Tucci. <laughs> <laughs> Chow Terrible. Garden is so boring, but I played it for hundreds of hours. Whoa. I can't even like, wrap my head around that scale <laughs> of that much Chow Garden. Well, you have to in order to unlock the little angel guys and the devil guys. and like There's a Knuckles one. And- there's a Knuckles Chow? There's one that's like red and looks kind of like Knuckles. Mm. If I remember right. Mm. Yeah, there's all these special ones that you have to keep breeding them over and over and it takes forever. <laughs> it's like trying to breed guppies in real life or something. <laughs> Get that perfect, the perfect guppy <laughs> from breeding. And then if you compete in those little races, yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. You basically you press start yeah, and you don't so cute. you don't get to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> you just watch them they race each other. Run. They like always fall down. <laughs> they run really slowly. <laughs> is it a straight line? Or is it a course? Yeah, it's like a course. They could like swim through water and, yeah, and jump off of stuff. Like a, it's like Sonic R without any of the interactions. <laughs> so if you just, I forgot how cute that was though. Because they're all music. just like bumbling through it like idiots. Like and then just you just watch them run and fall. It's like barely running. They're walking. Yeah. Let's be honest. Some of them falling. don't even. They just sit there and cry. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> These small animals forcing yeah. to compete against one another and they don't I don't think they're into it. I mean, yeah, it's like Pokemon. Alright, fair enough. I don't know. Charizard looks like the kind of motherfucker that would want to want to compete. All right, Michael Vick. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever just let Charizard snuggle and be friendly with Charizard? No. He stays in his cage in the basement where he belongs. <laughs> Toughen him up. Uh, Will. What? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. You excited? You're you're that much closer to being a married man. Oh, I know. Uh I've got I can't wait. A few more weeks. A bachelor a bachelor dude. <laughs> my bachelor my bachelor dude is about to be my bachelor rude. I guess. Yeah. Let's go with that. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in your last weeks of of being a bachelor, have you been playing anything? Uh no, not really. Yeah, everyone knows you can't play video games after you get married. Yeah. It's true. That's what I've heard. <laughs> I've just been preparing for that. <laughs> like a monk. I feel like I probably played a few a few minute a few rounds of um heat signature. Mm-hmm. Is it still good? Yeah. Okay. It's good. But like I I'm I'm like losing interest in like completion completion of the game. Is there is there an end state? Yeah, so like there's like all these different space stations. And like the 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 micro game is just like doing whatever mission you're in, and then above that you're going towards like a personal mission, which is like kill the dude that killed my dude or something. But usually you're not good at video games, so you die, and that mission never gets fulfilled. But then the mission above that is every time you complete a mission, you're like liberating more and more of the universe. And so, like, there's all these different space stations, and you're just trying to liberate them. Who's that? 
Curtis. Oh, Curtis okay. is calling me. What up, Curtis? <laughs> hey, Curtis. Does he listen? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. What up, Curtis? Have them wings. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I don't really, there's like four major like clusters of stars or whatever. And, Some uh, celestial body. So yeah, like you're just trying to get to like the end of each of these like spokes and you're like in the middle. Okay. Um, is there a star map like a galaxy map yeah but there are, i don't know how big the galaxy is it's pretty big like you can zoom in and zoom out really crazy but like i think it's just like space stations i don't know okay. i'm trying to visualize it as a, like a mass effect or star fox-esque it's like view. a nebula okay so i guess there's like multiple stars in a nebula right sure i don't know about space that much yeah I'm still making paper clips on Earth like a dummy. Yeah, so <laughs> let's, let's get into that. <laughs> That's uh, the only game I've played. It's the only game worth playing. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. It's the only thing I can think about. No, I actually finished it and it's out of my mind now. Yeah. But uh what's uh all right. So <laughs> it's a it's the director of NYU Game Center. Yes, Frank Lance designed the game and then Bennett Foddy programmed the combat. Uh, Frank Lance being the author of Diner Dash and Bennett Foddy being the creator of Quop. Right. So it's got some interesting, like, addictive game, obtuse game heritage. But uh, but this, it has no, barely has a graphic interface. Right. It's just uh, default Times New Roman text or whatever on a, on a white background with, mm. with buttons just in a web page. Did Bennett Foddy, like, lie dormant for, like, a decade to, like regain his strength and then he just erupted back out and he's like i will make games i don't know he's been te- he teaches at nyu as well uh, but he okay. also made that game where you're in like that cauldron yeah or whatever. i forget what the name of it it's called his 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 co-op sequel yeah for lack of a better term i really i don't think i'd like that game at all but i really like that game's trailer i always watch it without the sound on and i know he like narrates over it yeah and i just I'm just watching this stupid ass guy with this sledgehammer <laughs> and this cauldron yeah. try to get over this hill of garbage. Um, Does the paperclip game have a name? It's called Universal Paperclips. Universal Paperclips. And people okay. have been referring to it as paperclips, but when you start it up, it yeah. says, Welcome to Universal Paperclips. So the point of the game is, like you said, so you load it, it's on, uh, what's his name again? Frank, Frank Lance. Frank Lance. Because his, like, Twitter handles like Flance or something, and so I'm like trying to to break it apart yeah. to see what <laughs> what parts is first and his last name. But you go to his website, and it's it's one of the things. The best part is that when you look at the URL, it's you know his website slash project slash index dot two or like index two html. It's like oh, <laughs> you had to make it yeah. twice. The first index wasn't 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 working. <laughs> but basically, like Ruthie said, you uh, it's unstylized there's like a little like console emulator at the top that has like monospace font that prints out stuff every so often but you are trying to make paper clips and it's like a clicker game and it first starts out you're you're manually clicking on it to make the paper clips and yeah. then eventually you can manufacture uh auto, auto clippers, clippers and the auto clippers make them for you um and then you have a limited amount of wire to turn into paper clips so and the price of the wire fluctuates so you you can't just sit there and, or you can't like idle the game at first because you have to keep buying wire. Yeah. Or 
And then, yeah, at the very first of the game, you can't idle at all because you're making the paper clips by hand. Just, just clicking like, bam, 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 bam. Right. And then, uh, but eventually you can buy auto wire buyers as well. So eventually you get to a point where it can idle and the game really expands exponentially it really, really from kicks there. off. So what unlocks? So there's a quantum computer that opens up. Yeah. There's a stock market exchange. Yep. There's, there's like a, 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 a game theory matcher player where you get the yomi currency oh yeah it's yeah. the strategic it's a tournament strategy strategy thing. tournament yeah. something like that i never really figured out what that was supposed to be it's like random categories and numbers i thought it was like a game it's theory thing. like have you ever like looked into game theory like yeah boring game theory well, let's talk about some game theory <laughs> like at one point in my life i was like i was like oh, i'm gonna do one of these like stanford courses you know they're free and so i was like that was oh, oh they have game theory like this is gonna be interesting and it was just like that for yeah have you ever, like, you ever done a economics game theory class i guess not you ever heard of the prisoner's dilemma yes right because so like this so when i saw that grid i was mean like oh it's game yeah. theory because so like the prisoner's dilemma is just very quickly so people understand like how, why this thing is doing it is that um, so imagine you and someone else were arrested and you uh, are both in separate interrogation rooms and if you and someone comes in and says the other guy's going to flip on you and he's going to say you did it um, so you're, you're going to go to jail but so you have to figure out if the other person is actually ratting out on you and if so rat out on them uh because then you both go to jail but you get less time but if you rat out on him and he never was actually ratting out on you he just goes to jail and he gets more time so basically it's you game theory is just it's just uh, like competitive strategy of figuring out what your competitors are going to do um prisoners dilemma okay. is a synthesization of that have you seen nikki case's most recent thing no because it's basically game theory but like taught in a really fun and friendly way is nikki case the one that makes those like uh society yeah. teaching things okay yeah where it's like here are all these people like here's the diversity thing right or like the balance one okay she makes it cool makes stuff. sense. I just didn't understand from the way that it's presented visually, which is just a grid of four numbers. <laughs> yeah. And then a random word like baseball. Yeah. And then it just runs through numbers and and picks random ones. I don't know. And then you can you well, can buy so, yeah, different like the different like strategies, like the A one is just always like pick it always a, picks A. Always pick B. Yeah, and then Min the max, random one. Yeah, random. Always, greedy, which always picks the highest number. Yeah. And then beat last which just picks the last winning strategy so it picks any of the other ones but whichever one won the last tournament yeah i just kept it on greedy because i was like i don't understand this Wait, i just let it run forever beat beat last does the last round right and beats the last round like the last move oh i'm, I'm not sure exactly I how think. it worked um but yeah but then it's random stuff like if you look over it it's like the things that it's comparing are like discrete versus continuous or like you said like baseball versus soccer or mm -hmm. all these random yeah. things um but yeah you can pretty much synthesize game theory down to a two by two grid and some numbers in interesting it. well at a point you get an auto tournament machine or whatever and it just does all of it for you so that's yeah. i got to that point and i didn't really pay attention to it anymore always paying attention to it because like that was my uh, bottleneck 
for a while. Oh, my bottleneck was always creativity because I couldn't really figure out how to generate it. Oh, you generate it whenever you hit uh, max operations, and then anything on top of that is creativity. This is on this is on your computer that run on trust at first or something, right? Yeah. So so you have the quantum computer and the quantum computer. Well, it doesn't start off is, quantum. Yeah, it's a regular computer. Um, and oh right, you I forget what it does at that stage. Like it's been so long. Chips. Yeah. Yeah. So I. You have processors and you have memory, and processors create operations and memory stores it. And you can buy more processors or memory. Yeah. Um, when you hit a certain milestone with paper clips, and it gives you one trust, which is a currency used to buy one of those two things. Right. And then those generate operations. So your max amount of operations is your number of amount of memory times a thousand. And then the speed at which you generate operations is a processors. Number of processors yeah. increases the speed at which you get it. And then you use the operations to buy, to complete projects. And so there's a project list that's like quests. And at first it's really simple stuff like spend, you know, 3,000 operations to upgrade your auto clippers um, or unlock mega auto clippers, which are like even more intense. Um, and it gets to like more existential stuff like solve global warming yeah, or, you know, create world peace. And so the, the AI is that because so, the, so the, the, the idea that this is based on is this kind of AI uh, question, this theoretical question of, what happens if you told an AI to produce paper clips? And and the reason that's that's posed as an artificial intelligence question is questioning how intelligent you made your artificial intelligence. Um, because if you say make paper clips, you would expect the, the the AI to say, How many paper clips do you want? Or what should I use to make the paper clips? Yeah. But if you don't make it that robust, it just says, Make paper clips, and right. then it just will eternally make paper clips. And then so when it the runs gray out, goo. Right. When it runs hmm. out of resources, regular resources to make it, it will then start converting other matter. And that's basically what this uh, does is that at one. So on the terrestrial level, you're like building, you're making money and you're using the money to invest in marketing, which increases the uh, uh, rate at which people want to buy your your paper clips. Um, then you have to increase like the amount you're producing. And that part was I, that's probably the part I enjoy the most. Because the only the only true number you had to pay attention to at that point was the profit per second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so any fluctuation in the price of the paperclip or anything else, you you would see an immediate effect. On right. And the was currency was easier to understand at the beginning as well. The right. currency eventually goes from dollars to Yomi to eventually paperclips becomes the currency yeah paperclips because so what <laughs> happens after that is that once you get on like a global scale because you like you buy out all your competitors at like 10 million dollars or something you then uh achieve autonomy you achieve autonomy but you start building like solar farms yeah and 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 batteries and stuff to have a you then create a drone army whose only purpose is to move across the landscape of the earth and collect matter and convert it into paper clips. So then you have like harvester drones that collect the matter that convert matter into wire. And then you have paperclip drones that build factories or convert the wire into paper clips. And then once you consume all the matter on earth, you then go into the interstellar part of the, the game where then you're just sending probes out and they're called von Neumann probes. And von Neumann is this other theory of, 
if there are other people in the universe, we should have met one by now. And one assumes that if there's, you know, if the universe is infinitely vast, there should be a a civilization that is sending out probes, but probes that can also self-replicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the question is, why haven't we seen one of these civilizations yet, or at least encountered one of these probes? And this is basically what you're producing. You're producing these von Neumann theoretical yeah. probes that, that go out into the universe and they self-replicate and they go and harvest matter and they convert it into paper clips. And then by this point, your paper clip count is in like the... Non-millions. Not, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's, it's ridiculously large. Um, and then at some point, and then you can get into the combat. Yeah, so part of your exploration is that you're... you're probes that you're sending out and the people on them who are creating descendants get attacked or or die due to hazards so we have to up their combat skills and and whatnot but yeah that's interesting you thought there were people on it because i thought these were just autonomous like i thought they were all, oh, the, all okay. the people were gone i thought this is just like, i have no idea it just said descendants but you're totally right i was thinking no the descendants are the replicated drones yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know. I took it to mean there were people, but I <laughs> no, guess I you're here. <laughs> I think it's way darker. I did not think very hard about this game. I was literally just trying to make a number go higher. That's funny because I like invested <laughs> like a lot emotionally into this game. Yeah, like, I, where didn't, I was like, I need to see where this goes. I didn't even. I knew that the name for the probes. I was like von Neumann or whatever. I was like. That sounds like a something, a real thing from real life that I should look up, and I just didn't. That sounds like a Isaac Asimov, Dyson Sphere kind of shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. or um, Von Braun or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh, and I just kept clicking <laughs> make paperclip. Make these paperclips. <laughs> Ruthie was just concerned with the paperclips. That's, yeah. But yeah, when you get into the combat phase, basically when you're sending these drones out, there's every time, so a stat table occurs where you invest your Yomi that you're still running this fucking game theory thing and it's creating currency that you're then investing into skill points Mm -hmm. into this and you can uh, improve their speed or their exploration rate or like the rate at which they replicate or create these harvester drones or the production drones Um, but every time you increase the skill uh, something pops up on the console that says risk of value drift increased and what that is is that the, the drones at a certain point either get far enough away from the AI or like they start doing enough logic internally that <laughs> they question Stop caring about paper clips. Yeah. They, they question their purpose. <laughs> and so they create drifters. And so the drifter drones are uh. the enemy. And then you get a combat skill that pops up and you invest in that and your, your, your true drones, your, your, your valiant drones attack the drifter drones. And this combat window pops up and it's, it's simulated by like a bunch of dots. Oh, attack each other. I'm now realizing. So one time I left my computer alone and I came back and like all of my drones were dead and I couldn't figure out why. Because when I left it, you know, the number was still accelerating. It was going up. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, there's no way that it would do that. But I'm assuming that's what happened is that so many of them converted to drifters at a certain point that they overpowered them. Yeah. And drove them down to zero population. Yeah. That's then I had to click that button a whole bunch of times again. Yeah. Oh, the the scent launch probe. Yeah, launch yeah. probe. Yeah. But I did beat it. I uh, sound like I've never heard of this game the way that I talk about it, but I I did play the whole thing and beat it. And at the at the end, uh, you have a choice. Yeah, the choice is interesting. Um, do you want us to spoil the choice for you, Will? 
Sure. So once... no, I want you to spoil it for everyone else, though. <laughs> they can just pop. So, 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 so what happens is <laughs> they can just fast forward like 30 seconds. Yeah. Be all right. So what happens is um, they. So this number that starts popping up called uh, Universe Explored. And it's like has like 16 decimal digits on it yeah, or something crazy. Yeah, it's a crazy. percentage with like a gajillion decimal points. And it doesn't move for like a solid two hours that you're in the space phase. And then at some point it just goes point zero 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 one. And you're like, all right. And then um, it, I think it's if you in uh, put more stats into speed and exploration, mm-hmm. that one keeps incrementing faster. And at one point it was going really fast for me. It was still in like... yeah like in the hundred thousandth place, but it was still going up pretty fast. And then it like went down to a crawl and I was like, shit. And so I was like, whatever, I'll just let this run. And I walked away and I came back like half an hour later and it was a hundred percent. I was like, okay. Uh, but so what happens after you explore the entire known universe? Oh yeah. I think Tyler already spoiled this for everyone. Yeah, he definitely did. But, um, well, not for everyone in the world, everyone in the world. That's my job. job. Um, you can choose to keep, Running this universe. Um, and at this point, you have like 29, like, what's it? What's the unit at? Trade, trade decillion? I don't Tri-de-killion? even know. I think mine was at in still in the non-illions. I didn't go past that. Oh. Maybe not. I don't, I, you know, I was just like. Eventually, you don't care about the big number. But no, it's basically it, like, it really doesn't. It's like 29, and then there's like room for like 100 more paper clips to flip it over to like three with a bunch of zeros after right. it, right? And so like the drifters come, like the leader of the drifters like approaches you and says like, you can either continue in this universe and just accept that there will be us, that we have, we exist and we are a part of you, but you are a part of us because we have distanced ourselves from you because we don't see the value in your purpose or you can restart the universe or they move you to a different universe or something to that effect and you yeah. can start this whole process over. With like a bonus to demand or production. Like a, a there's liter- there's a couple of choices. Like, like a typical clicker yeah. prestige. Right. Yeah. Um Ascension or whatever. Yeah. Uh so I said no, I want to stay in this universe. And it's like and they're like, all right. And so there's just there's literally nothing on the screen. Like it's just the number, that console, and make paperclip. And or no, so like does anything happen after that point? So so actually, what it's because Emily talked about this, and she said it was kind of poignant. So your entire like array system, all your windows are still there, right? Mm -hmm. But you start dismantling yourself to create more matter. So it's like, all right, pull out Uh. the memory, turn it into wire. Pull out the the processors, turn it to matter. Take this out, turn it to matter. And so you have like I don't know ten grams of wire, and then you you have to manually after everything's gone the make paperclip button's still there and so you manually like make the last 100 paperclips and then the game's over. <laughs> How do you know it's over? Because there's literally nothing on the screen and it says on the console, thank you for playing. You've turned, oh, okay. And you've turned everything in the world into paperclips. Everything in the universe. Okay. Yes, in the universe. I got to the point where it asked you if you want to keep playing or start over, and I just closed the window. It's like, <laughs> I won! <laughs> I saw it. I saw it needed to be seen. Yeah, but I got the gist of it. That's all I really like cared about. I, I think wanted it's cool to, I that a clicker stop. game has a, an interesting 
uh, hook end state like right. that. Mm-hmm. Cause like most clicker games are just like infinity. You're making infinity cookies. Yeah. Okay. When I got to the end of tap my catamar, uh, catamari. Yeah. Tap my catamari. I was like, I don't feel. Oh, I forgot about that oh, game. No. I think I had to delete it because I was playing it at work. Well, I beat it, quote unquote, and it's just like, all right, we're going to reset you. I'm like, well, this is shitty. Did you reset a lot? No, yeah, it like resets the entire, and it like gives you a new game plus bonus of some sort, but it's literally just, all right, do it again. I'm like, no. I mean, like a lot of clickers are just like, okay, you've made like 300 cookies, just reset, and then now you're going to get like 3 million, and then reset, and then you get like 3 trillion. And like that prestige loop is like kind of cool, but eventually you're just like, that's stupid. Yeah. But no, I I did like the, the, the poignant end to universal paperclips. Just the discovery element of it was my favorite part because it's like the copy and it's really cryptic. Mm -hmm. And um, when you click a button that says like explore the universe, you have no idea what's going to pop up. And what pops up is like, a stock exchange and you're like what does this have to do with anything and then even the currency are weird things like yomi yeah what is yomi i have no idea idea. i had the impression that it was like a cryptocurrency yeah like because it's not anything physical because just running this game theory simulation so i assumed it was like some sort of internal currency to the the ai that it, it itself somehow determined was valuable yeah which i thought was shitty it was like what this is made up why are you using this <laughs> to limit the skill tree of the drones? Right. Um, but I also, th- oh. I also think that this game is interesting because like a lot of clickers will have like this like weird exponential like weirdness and story and a lot of it's very like horror and I mean it's just all like absurdity you know like uh-huh. oh you're making cookies and now Cthulhu or something you know. And, and then Cthulhu. But like this has like that same thing and so like i guess when like tyler was talking about it on slack i was just like i don't care another clicker game like of course it has like crazy you go into space well i mean has what how many games has tyler sold you on i mean i've i've bought (laughs) mountain blade eight times no i bought Mm -hmm. bought crusader kings too and i'm still not over that (laughs) but like burned um, once but yeah and then other people started talking about it and started talking about like the different things that you're doing. And so like, what's interesting to me is like the game, like the narrative of the game is like recontextualized through these like little mini games that are happening instead of just like being in the same framework of like, yeah, click this and buy more things to auto click. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I like the, what you were saying before about the absurdity thing. Um, because there was a certain point when I played like Frog Fractions where I was like, all right, I'm like the joke that you're selling is more interesting than the actual gameplay component right. here. Like I'm not actually interested in playing a text-based adventure game. So skip. I mean, like going to look this up. All right. Now we're getting to now we're selling porn as the bug president or whatever. Let's just get through this. <laughs> I just want to see how this ends. But no, but yeah, the paperclip part was like there's there's investment in each stage yeah. of it. And, like, whenever things got more crazy, like, the actual game itself changed instead of it just being, like, We're still making some, something that pops up and it's just, like, guess what? Now now your cookies are taking over Cincinnati. Uh-oh. You know, it's, like, there's actual gameplay elements that change. 
my new game, Cookies Over Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really like. I really like this game. <laughs> I feel bad for liking this game, but I, I really liked it. It's also really short. I for a clicker game. Short oh, active okay. time. Yeah, you can just play it in the morning, and then play a little at night, and then when you wake up the next morning. Basically, it took me. Two and a half days of doing that. Just playing a little bit in the morning, like getting stuff set up, then letting it run all day and coming back and buying more drones and stuff. So I wasn't really actively playing it for more than, I don't know, four hours or something. Yeah. Does that sound right? But I mean, like you've played other clicker games where it's just oh, like... Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like, oh, like, fuck for, yeah. for like three or four months, you're just like, oh, I gotta get more. <laughs> the cookies. Yeah, I think... Cookie Clicker, I just got fatigued on that one. Because um, like you said, it's like nothing changes. You're still just making cookies in, in right. the end. And um, I did play that one until the grandmas go crazy or whatever. The sort of whenever the plot changes. And then I was like, wait, I'm still just making cookies. So I don't know. Had to had to get rid of that one. Like clear my cookies out my my browser <laughs> cookies. <laughs> clear my cookie Sorry, cache. My browser cookies so that you yeah. know, just delete my game or whatever. I accidentally closed the Universal Paperclips tab at some point at work on Thursday. I was like, no. And I like <laughs> it, you know Control T and it popped back up and it was in the same state. I was like, oh thank God. Oh, I played it for good. like an hour work. at work. I didn't like play it for an hour, but I left it open for an hour. I played for like four hours at work. The thing is like pretty resource intensive. Really? Yeah. Well, it's probably just running all these JavaScript calls all the yeah. time. Like it's it's got to increment. It's got to increment that number. Yeah. Your paperclip <laughs> number. Apparently, Sam fucked himself over at some point, and he had to go to the console and oh yeah, adjust a number. I mean, that's eventually how I played Cookie Clicker, and like it it was more fun that way, just because I was like also. It's like interesting to like peek into the code, basically, to be like, "How are they doing this? Yeah. How are you doing that thing? How are you making them paper clips? Are these real paper clips? These them digital paper clips? I don't trust them digital paper clips." I did sort of a similar thing with uh, what's it called, Clicker Heroes? Uh huh. On Steam, um, I downloaded a save file that had everything like unlocked and everything maxed out. <laughs> and it gave me all the achievements, and then I there was no reason left to play, so I so I deleted it. It sounds like you know people that just open up the console in Fallout Three because you give you have console accents in the game. It's like unlock this one, unlock this achievement, unlock this achievement, unlock this achievement. So anyone that has like the Steam achievements for Fallout Three, it doesn't matter because it literally takes you five seconds to open up the console and just type in all the commands. <laughs> but it also just doesn't matter. That's true. Unless <laughs> unless you're addicted to something. And like the only way you can cure that addiction is just by completing everything. Some sweet, sweet chivos. Then yeah, because there is no reason to play if you've maxed out everything. Yeah, and I also feel like there's like a similar like uh, progression in a lot of Bethesda games to a clicker because like you play it for a while and you're just like oh, I'm hitting people, then you get kind of powerful and you're like all right, that's fine, and then you get burnt out on it and then you're like. All right, let's let's look up these cheats. Like I don't have any real like <laughs> yeah. investment left, like personal investment in this game. So time to ruin everything and cheat. And then so at first you're just like, all right, let's make me real strong so I can beat this dude that I don't want to really fight. And then you're just like, 
let's see how high I can jump. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Let's see how fast I can sprint. Yeah, and so everything just gets like totally absurd. I kind of did that with uh, Team Fortress 2. I really enjoyed the game, but it's at a certain point, it just gets really repetitive playing the same like capture the flag or whatever over and over and over. And so I was like, oh, let me get some achievements. Because they're they're kind of fun and random, like blow someone up on accident using, you know, jumping on them or some just random achievements. So I, I went on these servers that uh, they let you get all the <laughs> achievements automatically because there's like forces pushing your character around. So things just happen on accident. It's, it's like, like those like Mario Maker levels where it's uh, just like, like the auto run. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like cool. There's <laughs> like conveyor, conveyor belts. Like conveyor belts basically everywhere, or some kind of gravity pushing you or whatever, and um, and you just like set something on the fire button on your mouse and just let it go and. <laughs> nice. I like that. And I, like random people standing around who are just sandbags so you can just kill them any which way yeah it's easy to get achievements when people aren't playing against you or trying to kill you really uh yeah (laughs) i've never i've i can't remember the last time i cared about achievements i think the last time i cared about achievements were for 360 like when i first got when i dual booted this mac and put windows on it and played arkham city and logged into Xbox Games for Windows Live. Oh, I've never done that. So then my achievements then went towards my Xbox Live account. Mm. And I was like, oh, shit, man. <laughs> I can play this game twice. Yeah, I think that's something that Xbox has over Steam is like those achievements add up to a total. And that total gives you like a score and rank and all that stuff. So it's like there is a reason to collect achievements. Well, it's Whereas in, in Steam, all you get is like completion, but that's not, it's not pitting you against other people. Or is there not a, you have like a total? level in Steam? Yeah. That has but nothing to do with achievements. Right. I, well, I, I feel like achievements are like part of it, but eventually it's just like, oh, if you want your level to go up, you have to get all the summer trading cards. Right. You yeah. have to buy shit. That's uh, what I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, um, why didn't they ever like I thought the most obvious thing for for achievements was to turn to actual currency like that you could buy like avatar cosmetics with. Mm. I don't know why they never did that. That seemed like the most obvious choice to me. I don't know. On on Xbox? Yeah, like on Xbox specifically. Cuz then you don't have to give them money for avatars. I guess, stuff. but you have to give them time. <laughs> like you're buying games that they have gotten publishing licenses from yeah. those developers. You so. do have to buy more games to get more achievements. But maybe they didn't want to like have to make that system more secure than it was because I know people would <laughs> could cheat it if they wanted to. True. Well, I think at that point then people would just realize that like, oh, this doesn't matter. <laughs> like, right. If other Faster people are than they it. did. Yeah. Right, but you've got children playing Xbox and children are irrational and love points and yeah. numbers i love points badges and stuff and loot boxes speaking of what's a loot box it's i feel a, like you've already explained this a to box, me it's a box of loot so it's basically you know the the overwatch their booster packs i don't know I what a booster pack is is it digital content 
in a that you can buy with that them real monies, yeah. them real mummies. Kind but of it's like, also something like you get after playing. Yes. So some some games do it differently. Um, like Overwatch, every time you level up, you get a loot box, but you can also uh-huh. buy loot boxes. Um, right. with real money. Uh, I think there's also a digital currency you can buy. You can buy them with that you also acquire. But loot boxes are also like total like gotcha pawn kind of mechanic. I mean, they're completely like, random. Yeah. Um, but I was listening to the Waypoint Radio and it was they were talking about like all this stuff. So specifically, the things that were coming to a head with it were were Battlefront Two because mm-hmm. it kind of has it has uh, a lot of loot box stuff into it that go towards like improving your character, like stat right. changes and stuff. And then Forza Seven has a bunch of stuff for it, like getting new cars and. And things like that. And then Shadow of Mordor has it. And in that you get like units for your army. Like orc units. Uh, but. Are you not like the ghost boy again? No you are. But in, in this one you're amassing an army. Okay. So you're like dominating the orcs. And turning them into army. So like a huge component of the new. Of Shadow. Uh, Shadow like of Metal Gear Solid V. No I, I haven't heard of that game. Like, so are loot boxes any different than like crates? No, they're, okay. they're just what they're being called now. Okay. Um, oh, okay. That's so like just a Hearthstone general. booster packs Got is it. a type of loot box. Okay. That's like a generic term yeah. for crates and all that stuff. But the interesting component was it to it was should these things be regulated like gambling? Um, mm. Because if they are, then you can't market them towards children. Well, what it, about like the Pokemon cards that one of them's holographic or whatever? I guess I guess that goes Is into that it too. The same thing? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. but mm, I'm trying to trying to see where the where the delineation would lie in that. But I thought it was interesting. Um but I've been playing Shadow of War Door. Middle Earth. Shadow of War Door colon Middle Earth. Uh, the sequel to Shadow of Mordor, colon Middle Earth. Um, Wait, is that really what it's called? No, it's called Shadow War, Middle Earth, colon oh, okay. Shadow War. I yeah. Uh, and sorry, th- that's all right. Um, <laughs> this is a stupid joke. It's fine. No, <laughs> your delivery of it made it sound like that's actually what it was called, and I was really confused. Uh, but um, yeah, I've been playing that game. How's that? It's cool. It's uh, I love I love Shadow of Mordor. It's such a good game. I haven't it's, played it yet. It's it's. I really like the combat, even though people will just be like, "It's just Batman combat, but with swords." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, but it's great because you're like decapitating orcs left and right at a certain point. It's just ridiculous. Mm. Like it's basically you'll jump into a mosh pit of orcs and just swing your sword around." And just walk out of it. That unscathed. sounds awesome, actually. It's I haven't, a, it's I haven't a lot played of a game like that in a long time. I got really into more strategy games and puzzle games and things like that. And it's been a long time since I've just like massacred orcs and stuff. Well, if you haven't played the first one, Shadow of Mordor is probably super cheap, and there's a lot of content in there because you have like there's like two like main areas, and it's probably I don't know, maybe like 25, 30 hours of content. Oh man, that's a lot. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> as far as games go, it's not, but <laughs> for me, it is. <laughs> I have very little time. Are there paper clips in it? Well, I have time for paper clips. But uh, yeah, so so the loot box aspect in in 
Shadow of War is at a certain point, so you start out and you're basically just playing Shadow of Mordor and you're just killing orcs and doing the regular things. You're going after orc captains, nemesis system, all that stuff. And then at a certain point, it breaks out into the siege combat where you're possessing orcs and then creating an army out of them and then mm. using them to to tackle uh, certain outposts and fortresses and stuff and then conquering those outposts. And then in the post-game content, like after you meet beat the campaign, uh, basically because people's big gripe with the first game was there was no post-game content. Like after you beat after you fought Sauron, spoilers, you fight Sauron at the end. There's like, <gasps> oh no. <gasps> Harry Potter's arch nemesis. <laughs> uh, there's really nothing to do. Like you go back in the main world, but you've either killed everything or, or, or possessed everything. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's no real big challenges left. So they wanted to kind of expand the lifespan of, of the second game by adding this like, uh, kind of siege defense part where in the main game you're using the siege to conquer fortresses and then after you beat the game then new orcs rally together to try to conquer the fortresses back from you. So your goal is to try to improve your orc army and you do that by completing quests to amass currency that then allow you to purchase these loot boxes to uh, get more experienced orc captains. Problem with that is that apparently if you do it that way the game is a crawl from like (laughs) having a very weak-ass orc army to having a very strong orc army. Right. So the way to circumvent that is money, and then you throw money into it, and then you get way better loot boxes that give you way better orc captains that make your defenses way better. Um, but it's been, like, a big, a big... Pay to win. Yeah. Which is weird because, like, it, it's a little less gross because it's single player. It's not that much less gross. Right. That's, yeah. But... I think that was interesting. But I was like looking through the menus because like I'm nowhere near that part of the game because I've only played it for like two hours. So I'm like still in the first starting area. I'm like, what's it? Oh, it's a marketplace and they fucking buy orcs, orc orc slave trade, some weird thing going on here. Um, And then they give you a loot box to start with. It's like, here's a a taste. Mm, (laughs) Yeah. I was like, all right. It's like, oh, look, I got this guy and this guy. Oh, this guy's rare, apparently. Ooh. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second, I don't like I haven't unlocked this part of the game yet. And then I had a momentary of I wonder if they programmed it properly so that you could unlock this before you get to that stage of the game. Yeah. Or the fact that I've opened this up before I have access to that part, if it just wipes away these characters because it, <laughs> it doesn't know what to do with them. All right. So I guess we'll find out. Uh also every time I go to quit the game and says, Hey, your game won't work with previous versions of Shadow of War, or previous update versions. If you roll your updates back, we're going to wipe your game. I'm like, whoa. All right, man. Oh, like, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just here to have fun. The loot single crate player. thing is so interesting to me, especially in the single single player mode, because I'm I'm not in that 1% of people who spend like $1,000 on Candy Crush. I'm not right. a whale not or a whatever whale. they want to call it. I look. I take one look at that stuff and I uninstall it. Like I just have no interest in gambling or anything thing like that i think if i went to a casino i would just go straight to the bar and just hang out there because i just don't care is there a virtual bar yeah in shadow war (laughs) i don't know if my like risk reward system is broken in my brain or something but uh i just have no interest and you've already paid 
probably like thirty dollars or more for this game. More. I was gonna say. Door. Uh, ah. And then, and then at that point, I started thinking, well, is it worth? Is this game worth seventy dollars? Is this game worth a hundred dollars? Right. And I say no, and I close it. Snap the, <laughs> snap the disc in half and like throw it out the window. Yeah. So like I talked about this a little bit on Slack, but what gets me about like gamers being upset about these games is it like all of their rage is predicated on them just like having to have the game as soon as it comes out. Like they feel like we've been tricked because we bought a real game and now it's making us buy more stuff. And it's just like, well, that's very apparent to anybody that doesn't buy the game as soon as it comes out. Why do you not? Are you saying like wait till the game is cheaper? No, just wait until you know whether or not like, oh, it's worth. It's worth. It. Yeah, right. it's it's like being mad at your drug dealer for selling you drugs when you like <laughs> went there and bought and the you drugs. Just keep buying them. Yeah. <laughs> just need more. Any more drugs? I mean, like that's what gets me. But like gamer culture is like very like pre-order. Got to pre-order, and then you're they're upset because the thing they pre-ordered turned out to be another instance of like. They got us again, boys. Let's complain on the internet. Here's <laughs> like, just hold off like two days from buying it, and then you can make like a logical decision of yeah. like, oh, this game has loot crates. Like maybe I shouldn't buy it. And then the fallout from that would be, you know, publishers saying like, oh, well, let's make the games cheaper or not have loot boxes or, you know, like. The, the 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 fix of this problem isn't like harassing people on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. And like the Rami Ismail came out and was talking about it because he was like, I am for whatever allows developers to eat and sleep under a roof. Like this is you know, this is another thing of where, hey, games ain't cheap and the fact is no one wants to pull the trigger of, hey, let's let's raise it up to seventy bucks right. for a new yeah. game. Because people would freak out. So the way they circumvent that is doing the loot box stuff. Because they know that there will be whales. They'll be like, I gotta, I gotta hit. I need, I need it. Um, and that they're gonna make money from that. Or DLC. Like right. DLC was the previous iteration of this, where it's like, hey, this is content that we cut from the game, but we can rework it and make it downloadable yeah. content. But that's still a lot of work compared to like coins or whatever. Outfits. I guess. Like, I mean, loot boxes inherently aren't a big deal to me. They are if they are like, you you have to interact with them in order to progress. Yeah, if they make the game unbalanced, that's a bad thing. But if they're, like you said, in a single player game and you're in the, not in the main campaign, like in the after game, I don't care that it's there. Right. And it's like, what? Maybe I want to make it the post-game content be slower and not interact right. with the loot boxes because then yeah. it, it lengthens my enjoyment of the game. So. Yeah. And I mean, what gets me is like, if you're so upset about the balance of the game with loot boxes, uh, then just don't like the game. And then like, none of it's a problem. Like, the idea is just like that, 
I need this product and the product's shitty because of this. And then it's like, do you need the product then? Like, (laughs) why why do you just not get the product? That's my thing. That's like, I have 300 games in my Steam library and I haven't played any of them. (laughs) It's like, if one game's bad, I just move on to the next one. I don't, I think, I don't get it. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think consumers just forget how much voting power they have with their dollars. Yeah. With stuff like that, where it's like, hey, if you like legitimately, like, like, Consumer boycotts work, right? If like, <laughs> if if you hate GameStop that much, you could everyone could stop going to GameStop, and then they'd be like, "Oh shit, maybe we should change our practices." Right. But you don't want to do that because it's way too convenient for you, right? Or Amazon, or you know, any other surrogate for a store or, or mm-hmm. the thing is, is like, there's so many games that are worth your time that, like, I mean, like for instance, like, like Walmart, Shift, Blue Ship. It's like, well, I don't know about that. Don't take his word for that. <laughs> like, uh, if you live in like a small town where there's like a Walmart and then like a uh, like a more upscale small grocery store or whatever, sometimes like the choice of being like, well, you know, I've got like fifty bucks for groceries this week. Looks like I'm either doing Walmart or like or a baguette at this yeah. other place. Yeah, and so like that's like a legitimate choice that like. You can kind of forgive consumers for just not having the ability to really have a lot of power in that situation. But yeah, there's so many good games in the universe that like <laughs> being like, God damn it, this one game's ruined my life. <laughs> let, me, let me recommend this free game, Universal Paperclips. Yeah. It's in the universe. There's so many free games that are just, you could suck up days of your time with. It's right. crazy. I mean, Mike's still playing... Fire Emblem. I cannot believe he's still playing Fire Emblem. <laughs> Whenever he posted new, he was like, I just got this guy. I'm like, what? what? Wow. I'm impressed by your stamina with this game. I bought Mario Run recently. Yeah, it was discounted. Oh. Did yeah. you get a discount? Yep. Was it five bucks? Yep. I bought it when it came out, and um, they just released a new mode for it, too. So that got me playing it Luigi again. Luigi Run. Yeah. It's, I forget Remix what it is, but it's like. 10 or something? Yeah, Remix 10. It's like. 10 really short courses it's like maybe you jump three times yeah, it's and like then over the in like 15 are, seconds yeah. Like, yeah um but then it it's like you have to rescue dave daisy and daisy's at the end of 300 of these 10 Shit. courses so um yeah when it's <laughs> when it was like that i was like oh really i don't know <laughs> daisy might be out of luck but it's interesting because there's a little uh scoreboard where your friends are on it so you can see i passed you but i'm sure you've overtaken me i don't know i was playing in bed yesterday morning yeah (laughs) (laughs) just groggily like it's a good little game for playing on road trips i like that uh i'm trying to get all the purple coins but then once you get all the purple coins there's pink coins coins. and then once you get the pink coins there's black coins so it's uh it's really actually very hard yeah black market coins they have obsidian. But uh, but it is pretty small and contained. There's not that many levels and the levels are short. So it's not it's not a good substitute for I mean like Super Mario Odyssey. Right. <laughs> God damn it. But what, it is what, it is how many days do we have left? Thirteen? God damn it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought it was scheduled for a holiday. No, it's end October. Well, it is holiday now. Uh, I forgot. We're in that window. It's it's holiday time now. Dang you, it. You know, get that Odyssey and then Get spoopy and watch some Stranger Things. I guess I don't have a switch. 
Ruthie gonna <laughs> get out of scene. I'm get gonna spooky. get it. I was thinking about getting Kingdom Battle, but um, now I'm thinking more about Odyssey. Yeah, I have a. Uh, but I might get both. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I only have one game. No, I have two games. <laughs> what do you have? Um, Ruthie, actually, what have you been playing? Also, after you say what you have, uh, I have Mario Kart, Zelda, and I have Tumble Seed, which I don't play very often because it is really hard and just obtuse do you like it um i'm gonna say no (laughs) (laughs) okay i i want to like it i love the graphic style and the sound and all that but that's not what makes a good game it's it is really hard i usually can't get past the first level and it it's a roguelike so you start over and yeah uh, it, and then the reading the postmortem from the developer and we talked about this on the podcast where he's like um, everyone was telling me it was too hard during development, and I was like, "No, it's not." <laughs> That's <laughs> always now, good. And now I'm here, and the reviews are bad. I don't know what I did wrong, and I I could not feel sorry for him because uh, it is too hard, um, and especially because it doesn't match the art style, which is very it's a flat graphic style. It's right. very colorful. Looks like a kids game. And you can see like kids downloading this off the digital store <laughs> and just never being able to beat the first level. Well, out of curiosity, <laughs> why why do you think that argument holds up for Tumble Seed but not Cuphead? I think Cuphead's gonna be too hard for kids too. Yeah, but Cuphead just sold a million units. It did. So I'm not sure This is the art. Yeah. I mean if Cuphead was if Cuphead was pixel art, it would not have I accept your challenge. It wouldn't have even been a blip on people's radar. It got press in industries other than video games. So it right. got press in the animation industry and in okay. like people who like retro cartoons industry and things like that. And also had, you know, Microsoft. Microsoft, blessing. yeah. So it got huge promotion where Tumbleseed was just on Switch, I think. No, there's it's probably on Steam. Yeah, it's a PC version at least. Yeah. I don't know about the other the other and, consoles. Um, I've seen like a little bit of gameplay of it and like aside of Cuphead from, or Yeah. Yeah. And there's like the the parry mechanic which is kind of not that interesting but it's cool. Yeah. But I mean it's it really is just like a running gun Mega Man Contra Metal Slug Metal type Slug. game. Wallopum. That that was my first thought too. And I feel bad cuz I know like how hard they worked on it but like I get just enjoyment, just as much enjoyment watching yeah. it. I was like, I think playing it, I wouldn't be good enough to beat it. Yeah, so. I, I don't know if I'm in the mood for a super hard game right now. I, uh, yeah. Though I do want it, and I want to support like good art and story and all that. Well, so. I think there are plenty of people supporting it. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think they're doing a okay right now. That's true, but it. It does look really, really hard. And if you watch Dean Takahashi's playthrough of it. Um, Did you see his redemption one? No, I didn't. <laughs> I haven't. It I was only just saw... like a little clip, wasn't it? I think so. Of him just beating. The, t- the, the tutorial is like 30 seconds anyway. So yeah. Well, he's played it for about 30 minutes. That was the issue. No, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, um, Dean. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dean. People were like... This is what's wrong with the game review industry, and it's like—was that what set off that yeah. latest? Yes, yeah. Yeah. you know, people Ugh. must be good at this games. This is a guy who's been reviewing games for thirty years, and yeah, you had to feel <laughs> bad for Dean Takahashi because, like, I've, I've, 
I don't, I don't read a lot of Venture Beat, but you know, he has like a dedicated column. It's like the Dean Beat is right. like a thing yeah. I've recognized for a long time. And seeing people like shit all over him, I was just like, you know, this guy's skin's probably thick enough to to take this, but yeah, he was on, just guys. he was laughing it off. But I think he was playing on keyboard or some way that was not intuitive, Ugh. and was trying to figure out the controls. Right, and so. Yeah, on screen it says press the A button, but if you're like, which one's the A button? And yeah, it would take you 30 minutes to figure out all the the keys and all that stuff. But uh, <laughs> Wait, what, did he get past the tutorial in 30 minutes? I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know. He, yeah. It oh, okay. took him like 20 minutes to get past the tutorial, and then he died like a hundred times in level one and yeah. never beat it. Yeah. In in this video, his first. Therefore. Play. <laughs> Reviewers must be good at playing games yeah, to definitely. review games. I would argue he is good at playing games. <laughs> I think I think the tutorial may have been not intuitive. Right. I think you can yeah. say that as well. Yeah, there was an interesting um because Ian Miles Chong was the one that kind of set that whole thing off. Oh, and then no. someone retweeted it and said, like, all right, this guy's asshole being a dickhole aside. Uh, this is a good time to talk about like tutorialization and onboarding, and then he had a whole uh, uh, thread about how to appropriately uh, address that. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I, think, uh, I, I was um, killing time at work because I'm just like in this process of making all these games, and it's like melting my brain to do like the boring games, and so like I'll, I'll, I'll often like maybe once a day take like an hour break and just like read or something and i was basically just going through zach gage's entire site and who's like, that who is that again uh at helvetica okay hm. um he he helped with ridiculous fishing uh did some other stuff they do the fonts no i don't know what he did probably just some of the design i don't know but um he's a pretty interesting guy i i he's kind of like a weird character um he had a good talk about tutorialization, and I recommend that you go read it. Mm-hmm. It's on his site. If you look up Zach Gage, I think that's what his name is. Brand Center makes a big deal about onboarding, doesn't it? At yeah. least in your track. Yeah. So I'm studying experience design, user experience as part of experience design. Experience design is more broad than just most people think of UI or interfaces, right. but it expands to like, Retail, shop layout, theme park layouts, like all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, or just the way that people use technology, like using your face to pay for your KFC in China, because that's a thing that's been around for four years now in Asia, and Asia is so like far ahead of us and stuff they, like they that. They peel your face off and then they give you... No, you just walk into <laughs> the restaurant, bucket. you click on what you want, and it recognizes your face and bills your, you know, your WeChat or Alipay account or whatever... Yeah, that's a, that's a little too dystopian for me, though. Yeah, I, mean, I got a check in the mail today, and I was like, "Oh God, I have to go to the <laughs> bank." And it's like, no one else in the world does that anymore. And you just, don't have scan it with your phone. I do, but it's over the limit. Uh, yeah, I hate when Wells Fargo turns off my Touch ID. It does it every like couple of months. It's like, yeah. hey. We're shutting it off for a second. Yeah, go back in and, and manually turn it back on. I'm like, why? Did the security thing get tripped up? Oh, then it pulled my debit card out of uh, Apple Pay for some reason. Which is, hey, just Great. to let you know, yeah, we uh, took your card out of Apple Pay. I'm like, why? 
So that that's what I love about experience design is how all encompassing it is to like digital and physical and like subconscious things people don't even notice. And basically the gist of it is you look at something and you find a way to make it better. Right. Which I think is so cool. Yeah. That you can you can really do that. But yeah, onboarding and and all that is really important. We um our next project is super cool. We're designing window displays in the West Hampton area. So there's like 28 shops over there on Libby and Grove. And um, we each get, well, I got two shop fronts, so I have a lot of work. But we also Ooh. have to design maps and PR, like press releases. Oh, That's cool. Social media, like everything to publicize this event, as well as to get people there and show them around. It's kind of like designing a theme park almost. Yeah, so, a smaller scale, yeah. relatively speaking. Yeah, so the, so thinking of everything from social media posting to actually designing these displays is is all the experience design. Man, I would spend way too much time designing a map mm-hmm. <laughs> for that project. I was like, this map needs to look perfect. Yeah, it so needs to be a theme. One person's doing the map. One person's doing social. One person's doing a voting thing where people vote on the best displays. Mm. Um, so trying to make this like a real community event, trying to make most of the window displays interactive in some way, or at least have some sort of story or moving element that keeps people looking at it for more than one second. Is this a, one of those multidisciplinary projects no it's just it's, it's just a solo XDs? project yeah and oh. they're like i have to do these windows two to window displays wow <laughs> and it's for christmas so there's a little a little time built in oh and each one has a hundred dollar budget which is enough to buy maybe glue and tape yeah i was about to say that seems paltry yeah it's very small so seems- you are you allowed to spend more no oh that's the, cool I in like the that. interest of fairness well i mean it's also like this is a cool constraint yeah, it, there's a there's a lot of constraints, and some of us. So one guy has a grocery store, and one girl has a bank that has enormous lobby windows. My one of mine is like a little cottage, and the other one is a classic storefront that's in a strip mall that has like two big windows. So, and they're tinted windows, so I have to work around that constraint. And um, there's and the other shop has like very delicate things that I can't break. Right. Uh, and there's yeah, there's all kinds of different constraints besides just the hundred dollar budget. Should too. like make a very intricately looking like post it note, it's really really small, and then just get big decal vinyl arrows mm-hmm. to cover up the rest of the window, <laughs> just pointing at the note, That's so people cool. get really close to the window and have to inspect it. There was a there's a display like that at at Stony Point right now for the Tiffany store in a more sophisticated way. So they have, uh, you know, <laughs> Tiffany's jewelry. Um, their color is that, like, robin's egg blue, that iconic blue color they have. And so they've frosted the window in a sort of vignette to where only the center of it, like, it, it gradiates toward the middle. And you, when you look in that hole in the middle, you can see in the back of the store this one necklace on a little... That's pretty um, cool. I like that. Yeah, it's... A, if you saw a picture of it, it would make a lot more sense, but just bringing, it's a really simple way to draw focus to one object. I like that. And yeah. Trying to think of elegant things like that, but also incorporating these businesses products in it too. Mm-hmm. If I can. 
When I was a kid, there was a shop on the northeast corner of Libyan Grove. Were you like doing going counterclockwise <laughs> or like clockwise yeah. around to like uh, find out the cardinal direction? I, I just always have to do it like according to where the river is. Oh, okay. Um, and um, th- in Christmas, they always had like a animatronic santa and like a train set yeah damn Damn. i would love to do something like that if i can figure out uh a how to like rig up some arduinos to stuff and b keep it within a budget right i was thinking about one of the shops is a very casual party vibe and i was like what if i did like the scene from home alone where uh, he puts Michael Jordan on a yeah, train and out. like, but it make it look like a party is going on in there or something Rocking like that. Around, I thought that'd be so fun to do if I, and it's yeah just cardboard and a train set. model train. That's cool. <laughs> that'd be kind of dope. The Lego train's yeah. probably way cheaper than a regular model train. Well, not probably wrong. Legos, Legos are expensive. That's right. Yeah, it's like 150 bucks for that Lego model train. Yeah, it's but like if, one of those things. Just like I wanted this. So anyway, that's what I've been up to. <laughs> you haven't been playing anything else? Um, I got Jackbox for Switch, but... Uh, Which one? Party Pack. Which one? Oh, I don't know. There's the one that has Quiplash, TKO. That's three. Three. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the show notes. I need to know for the show notes. All right, all right, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to invite some people over to play that once I get my house in order. Did you ever find anything to do? What was the thing? Was it your bathroom? Oh, yeah. Was I got like a, a weird bathroom. tile or something? Uh, I have a weird bathroom. Right now, I just have all the window blinds in the bathtub, and I shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll worry about that on a later date, but yeah. That's good. I like that. It's been like a big year for everybody at RV8 Game Jams, I think. It's been pretty wild. Yeah. Happening. Oh, like Will, domestically speaking. Will's getting married, speaking. got a sweet job, and like yeah. David got a job and moved to Baltimore. And now we need to get David back down here. Yeah. Is he coming back for Ludum Dare? Yeah, I think so. Cool. I hear he's making friends up there. What? Uh, yeah. what? <laughs> Did you do the last D&D session? Um, I flaked out. It's been hard to work around my schedule, yeah. but I, I did one. I am a... You're a gnome, a bard, 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 gnome, bard. Walks through fog, a gnome. Yeah, bird. it's a pain in the ass because we play with Tyler, <laughs> 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 and so like in this game, this is my first time playing D and D, so I barely know what I'm doing. I have my character sheet printed out. It's like a pre-made character because I have, have no you idea. Have drawn pictures of your character? No. <laughs> Come on, step it up. Um. Uh, all right, all right. I'll do that. I'll do that tonight. <laughs> that should be a brand center project, right? I mean, it they have the, the superhero is. thing. We did have to design superheroes. We had to, this week. We had to write fairy tales, make physical books with fairy tales. My next assignment is to carve a pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Like <laughs> Don just isn't just like all right for your next assignment. Go pick up my dry cleaning. <laughs> go wash my car. Well, what's this teach us about, Professor? Um, also decide that hard work (laughs) these are all for a class called creative thinking and the idea is that like you take that carve a pumpkin but don't take it at surface level like dig into it what is Uh a pumpkin and people are like halloween and he's like no you're wrong and he's like a pumpkin is sculpture (laughs) 
And so you're like, oh, is this Fensky? I see now. <laughs> yes, Mark Fensky. And um, yeah, he's just trying to get you to dig deeper and understand things. And and for also for people to learn craft, because not it's not only the designers that have to do this, it's the strategists and the brand managers and stuff have to like draw things. And you know how how easy it is to get people to draw things when they don't like to draw. Oh yeah. Don't feel like they can draw. Yeah. Um, that's the hardest part is like I can't draw and they won't even put pen to paper yeah you do know? you have a pen do you have yeah. a paper on there put your hand down <laughs> uh-huh. outline it uh, do you ever have this that this is a turkey not a pumpkin <laughs> F um, 40 laps the uh, did you ever have that stuff in art school like like people that were like 3D primarily yeah refused so, to draw yeah when we went through AFO, which is art foundation, that first year of, of art school in order to get into any of the other tracks like painting or fashion or whatever, you had to go through the four basic classes of drawing, 2d design, 3d design, and, uh, time studio, which is time time studio. The other ones are called surface research and space research. (laughs) Why are you looking quizzical? Didn't you do this? They were, they were just called 2D and 3D. Yeah. Oh. They renamed them Space Space Research. Space so and Space time. Research is yeah, 3D design and you have to like use a wood shop to build stuff and I love and the wood, wood shop. And so there's people who want to go into photo or fashion or whatever and they're like I don't need to know how to draw or yeah, you need to know how to draw and they're forced to take these drawing classes, which is good. I think the the best way it was ever communicated to me um, was by one of the former, I think it was the former chair of the commerce department that people didn't really like. But he was talking to me once and he was like, um, you know, drawing's important just to be able to communicate ideas. Yes, I it, agree. It doesn't even like, you don't even need to be good at drawing, but if you can, you know, take a napkin and draw on it and pitch something to someone or at least communicate your exactly. ideas to someone, like that's important. So outright refusal of that seems kind of... Exactly. Like you're just you're just limiting yourself. We had to build a Rube Goldberg machine where you, you know, put a marble on the top and it goes through all these little simple machines. Um, and I was trying to describe the my idea for it to someone. I was like, well, then Santa goes down this and then he knocks down this and then the peg is released and he goes to the next part. And it's like, it's really hard to understand that. But when <laughs> I drew it out, yeah. you're like, oh, so yeah. Get it now. You don't even have to be good at it. I was just drawing rectangles with arrows and stuff. Right. But yeah, so many people are afraid to draw. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, we haven't played anything else? Um, I, I, from time to time, play this game called Viridi on Steam. Viridi? It is a game about growing succulents, the plants. Uh-huh. And it they grow in real time ish. It's a little faster than real time, but basically real time. So you come in once a day and you pluck the weeds out and you water them a little bit or spritz them with a water bottle. Is this not just your game jam game you made? It's really a lot like that, yeah. Um, and then you just sit there and you wait and then the plants grow. And that's, grow. That's it. That's cool. At a certain point they reach like a maximum size. There is no point to the game whatsoever. It's peaceful. Yeah, it's got really ambient music. And is there anything I can click on repeatedly to produce more of a thing? No. Once you've 
watered your plants, there's literally nothing you can do. Can I can I turn the flowers into drones? There's a little snail. Hmm. You can click on the snail and it says, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> does it like pop up text that say that says that or does it just say that? It when you click on each of the succulents, it says like the scientific name for the Different plants like aloe vera, or that's the easy one. I don't know what the rest are called. Well educated snail. When you click on the snail, it just says snail, and then below it, it says, Wow, cute. Oh, I got you. Okay. It's like a description. <laughs> I thought you were yeah. saying the snail was saying the Latin names of the plants. No. Like he was, he was like the Dr. Wright of That'd be great. The snail does game. nothing. And all the succulents are, it looks kind of low poly style. It's not low poly, but it's that sort of flat shading and. A little more colorful than real life, but other than that, the plants look very realistic. And that's it. <laughs> cool. Wow. Um. Oh, all right. Just one thing. Uh, IGN bought Humble Bundle. Just wanted to cover. Say that. Yeah. Will opinions. So whenever something like this happens, like there's clearly some. Uh, Conflict of interest stuff going on here. You're right. Yeah. Because they they review games yeah. and now they are publishing games. Right. And so whenever something like this happens, I like to dig back into the old hashtag Gamergate. Oh, no. That seems like a dark place to go to. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I only do it when something like this happens, because something like this is exactly what they were air quotes upset about yeah <laughs> right and like yeah lo and behold i went through like a lot of the top and latest tweets and like nobody's mentioned it for like days so i mean it's just one of those things where it's just like oh you really care about this this is your bread and butter is it mm -hmm. and instead they're talking about like libtards and cucks and stuff and it's just like <laughs> great yeah okay yeah yeah i don't know i think it's interesting like yeah there's obviously some sort of a possible conflict of interest that could exist. I didn't. I didn't read right. anything into it. Um, so I don't know if like IGN's is being acquired by whoever owns IGN. Like if IGN is also the parent company of IGN, right. and maybe you know in that structure they are relatively separate. Or IGN, as we know them, Imagine Games Network is buying Humble Bundle, um, and they're just going to be a direct subsidiary. I don't know. Oh. I'll be. There might be ethical things that they well, there will be things they have to address whether or not they get really unethical. And I'm sure they'll they've already like considered all of this and yeah. I don't I don't really I'm not really worried about it or anything. Good for humble, I would say. Yeah. Good is for it? the the owners of humble. Yeah. How yeah. is it is it still going to be humble? Like No, it's going to be like, braggadocious bundle now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine games bundle. Imagine monthly. I hope they still keep the gist of it, the charitable stuff and the yeah. indie indie stuff. I feel like Humble Bundle has garnered enough goodwill across the industry that no one would really want to touch it. Yeah. Or who knows? Might, I hope so. Might turn into an Amazon Woot situation. <laughs> Remember Woot? No. <laughs> of course you don't because Amazon fucked it up. Woot box? Yep. <laughs> so so you buy, you, you have your bronze Woot box, right? And, and that gives you just like some like kind of crappy cosmetics, right. like a shader or something. But then you have your, your silver Woot box, three star, and then you get like some really cool swag in there, and like five dollars at the Amazon music store. 
Ooh. And then and then uh, a gold. Are you being serious? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> and then a gold 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 whoop box. You get like uh, you get like one of those like six packs of Alexas. Oh, nice. Oh. All right. Well, on that crappy joke. I'm thoroughly confused now. <laughs> Will. Yeah. Where can people find you? Oh man, I don't even know anymore. That's okay, because guess what? I turned the last week's or two weeks ago's thing into an actual what? medley. <laughs> so I'll just play it here. Zero one zero one zero one 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 zero one zero one zero one 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 zero one zero one zero one 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 zero one zero one one one. Zero one zero one one one. And that's where you can find Will. Nice, cool, Ruthie. Where can people find you? Um, you can find Ruthie's website at ruthieswebsite.com. I'm serious. That's what it is. What the heck happened to that website? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I was going to get that. Long story. Oh, it's <laughs> so good. I, that thing pops up every once in a while in my feed, and I'm just like, this is mwah, like, <laughs> beautiful. Uh, but also, 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 you can find Wootbox. Wootbox at Wootbox, Woot underscore box. Um, and you can find all of the Ward Games games and podcasts at ward-games.com. Ward-games.com forward slash games. Ward-games.com forward slash podcast. Easy. And at Ward Video Games on Twitter and on iTunes and Google Play and wherever you can find podcasts. Just search Wardcast. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs>